On today's episode, we check in on DK's health after an absurd Seahawks Sunday night game. We run through the top waiver pickups for this week. Spoiler alert, it's the 49ers. We do burn book with a certain Dallas Cowboy, and we reveal that Craig was in a commercial that aired on Monday Night Football. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive that sets the pace and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that throws you one moment and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability, no system. No matter how advanced can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions, always drive safely. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. I am Danny Heifetz here with Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. We are recording on Monday. DK, we have not talked to you yet. Are you okay? How are you feeling? <laughs> are you alive? I'm still recovering. My body still feels like it's just been through hell. It was a very stressful Seahawks-Cardinals game on Sunday Night Football, as per usual. We've talked about this in the past. Just extreme adrenaline high, followed by the massive adrenaline hangover after the game. Unfortunately, I couldn't enjoy the... It was different because this time the Seahawks lost. So that that made it even worse. I was just like, had a headache. Like my pulse was racing and they lost. So it was just a little bit of a bummer. But The Cardinals now are kind of like the mini Seahawks. They were like the little brother who beat the big brother like for the first time. <laughs> but they kind of just play the same way and they have the same anxiety now each week. They kind of similar, similar notes. The way DK describes watching Seahawks games, like if you remove the nouns, it just sounds like he's an addict. It just sounds like he has a problem. Yeah. Like it's just it's just the highs and the lows and then what it does to your 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 life. It just seems really destructive overall. So out of everything that happened in the Seahawks Cardinals game, which was crazy for like 30 different reasons, fantasy <laughs> and real NFL, I yeah. think the number one takeaway was DK Metcalf's defensive rundown. Right? Unbelievable. That was insane. He looked like <laughs> like Optimus Prime chasing yeah. someone down. So I saw someone say it was like T-1000 from the Terminator, you know, like just were, perfect running form. I know. He, were, like, he yes. was like doing a, like a model run for like a scientific yeah. experiment. Dude, oh my there God. are a thousand moments from that game, but the, the that DK Metcalf run one was the one that made me realize his visor was iconic. I realized if I looked behind me and that guy was chasing me, like I think I would just fall down to the ground out of fear. Well, so the, I don't know if you guys have seen, there's a Julio Jones defensive montage. Have you guys seen that? No. He just makes a lot of tackles, right? Yes, there's a whole video compilation of Julio chasing people down after interceptions, and it's incredible. Like He's made some good tackles. Oh, I just realized what DK Metcalf running reminds me of. It's Dwight Schrute. Right. <laughs> they run with the, <laughs> same, like intent, Mose, the same arm motion. Or Mose. Really, Mose, the yeah. <laughs> Mose, that's the one. It's Mose. <laughs> it's Mose running next to the car. Yeah. They run the farm. same way. 
But oh my God, uh, like DK Metcalf and Julio would be the two best safeties in the league. <laughs> <laughs> they really could. And the new Madden, you can uh, actually play with them on defense. But the other thing with Metcalf, I have to say, is I've never in my life seen such a perfect bow tie on a sports game than the thing of DK Metcalf running down Buda Baker. And then in the same corner of the end zone in overtime, him doing him taking that screen and running all the way. And I remember thinking this is like the most perfect two play mirrors of each other. And then they freaking called it back with the I holding know. penalty. And then Al Michaels is like, David Moore is the guy. And I'm like, we picked David Moore in our FanDuel lineup to be like the guy <laughs> to score the three touchdowns, 200 yards that Lockett had. And then I'm like, yeah, just as we wanted. Yeah, David Moore is the guy. See, we were right. What do you guys think about for fantasy? If your player commits a penalty, it's minus one point. I'm open to it. I think it would just no. make people hate the refs, though, and that you don't want more attention on the refs. I, I'm kind of into the idea. I, like, like David Moore should cost you points if he, I, yeah, the, I kind of messed agree. up your game. But I also, I more was like DK Metcalf should get points for the tackle. Like I don't know what the specifics are. I don't have a policy proposal here. But the fact that DK Metcalf. I mean, there are things of like, that doesn't show up in the stat sheet. It literally shows up in the stat sheet. It should be able to be compensated somehow. He saved the freaking game. Well, Can we then talk they about lost Tyler Lockett, still. by the way? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was Dude insane. Off. There are so many things from this game. Tyler Lockett had, first of all, just kudos to the man for the neatest stat line I've ever seen. Right. Very clean. 15 catches, 200 <laughs> yards on the dot, three touchdowns. It is, by PPR fantasy points, the 13th best performance since the NFL AFL merger in 1970. So in 50 wow. years, that was a top 13 fantasy performance from Dr. I think Tyler I saw Lockett. that it was the fourth biggest fantasy performance since 2010. So like in the modern, modern, modern era, fourth best. My brother texted me in the Sunday morning and was like, should I start Claypool or Lockett? And I was like, Lockett. And he was like, <laughs> did you eh. listen to our pod? Come on. <laughs> I, I was like, I think you should start Lockett. And he was like, ah, I don't know. Lockett's been so bad lately. Claypool's been great. My brother had Devonta Adams and Tyler Lockett. Sat Lockett. Oh no! No! Could have had the great. How about this like, one, Craig? I had a I had a similar one. I sat Deontay Johnson, who we'll talk about a little bit later here, uh, in in exchange for CD Lamb. I was like, CD's been so he's been so consistent, like 20, 18, 17, right. 17, 18, fucking zero. Yeah, our our whole conversation Deontay. about like would you trade CD for T Higgins? I think anybody oh would God. immediately do that now. Anyway, the bigger point is the Seahawks remain an absolute fantasy goldmine. Yeah. Russell Wilson went off despite throwing three picks. He was still, you know, insanely good in that game. Uh, Kyler Murray, their defense is just terrible and, you know, invites these kind of back and forth shootout type games. Kyler Murray went off. Christian Kirk went off. DeAndre Hopkins went off. You know, even Chase Edmonds went off a little bit. So, yeah, man, plug in whatever, plug in people from any team that's playing the Seahawks going forward. The Seahawks don't have a pass rush. Their secondary sucks. They can't guard anybody. They don't have they don't have a good scheme. You want me to keep going? Kyler Murray uh, <laughs> dropped back 50 times on Sunday night and was sacked zero times. Hit zero times. <laughs> Pressured yeah. once. Part of it, look, look, part of it, I think that was sort of by design. Like the Seahawks, I think the plan was to be like, hey, we don't <laughs> That want was by design? <laughs> We don't want him running all over us. No, like what I'm saying is they wanted to kind of mush rush, keep him in the pocket, make him beat them with his arms. Because like if you look at the rest of the season, he was running. His running was a lot more effective than his passing. He's like a right. big average at best passer throughout the year. Yeah, but that was against teams that play defense and cover cover receivers. Right. The only problem is the Seahawks 
they tried to make him beat him with their, his arm. He did that, but he also did beat him, beat them with his legs too. So basically, it was just a complete failure on all fronts for the Seahawks. Uh, Murray had 67 yards and a touchdown on the ground, plus 360 yards, three scores in the air. Um, probably his best passing game of the season. Yeah, which you'd expect against the Seahawks defense. Um, if the NFL season for a team, like if your NFL schedule is like a Mario Kart track then the Seahawks game is the little rainbow section that makes you go like twice as fast. <laughs> yeah, the little turbo strip. Yeah, it's the turbo yeah. strip in Mario Kart because it is insane how everyone has their best game against them. For context on how good the Seahawks have been offensively, in points per game this year, Russ is the quarterback one, Lockett is the wide receiver two, Metcalf the wide receiver eight, and Chris Carson is the running back eight. If you could pick Jeez. any team <laughs> in the NFL this year and you could take their quarterback, two wide receivers, and a running back for fantasy, are the Seahawks in first? Yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson's on pace to break Peyton Manning's record for the all-time touchdowns record. Like, who else are you going to pick? Well, would you rather have Mahomes, no, Clyde, no. Kelsey, and Hill? No. no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, because it's the perfect storm. It's exactly what I just said. Seahawks' offense is awesome, and their defense is so terrible. They're in shootouts every single game. Right. So it's like this snowball effect for fantasy. I love it. Actually, I hate yeah, it. Yeah, the difference is the. The Chiefs' defense played really well yesterday, and they were in the snow. But I mean, those guys were out with seven minutes left. The Seahawks played sixty. I mean, they played sixty-nine minutes of football. Actually, they nice. did. Yeah, they played five quarters. Anyway, what else do we got? Justin Herbert. What a game! Herbie is fully loaded. I was shocked. <laughs> yeah. I asked my mom who she was rooting for, and she because the Giants suck, and she said she's all in in the Chargers now. My mom's yeah. a huge Justin Herbert. Chargers guy. are a really fun team to root for. I feel like everybody's kind of behind them this year. Every year. Every year. I mean, I think this is shocking because they were supposed to be kind of a boring team and now they're actually one of the most exciting teams in the whole league. Like, Justin Herbert is freaking amazing. I have to be honest, I didn't think Herbert was going to be very good at all. No. Yeah. I kind of thought he was a little doofy. He's playing in a fun way, too. Like, he's he's not just doing the Joe Burrow thing where Joe Burrow's like, I think one of the best, if not the best, short to intermediate passer in the league right now because he just like throws these little dime eight-yard ins mm. and outs. Herbert is is, first of all, by the way, He's the quarterback four in points per game, and that's including Dak Prescott. So if you get rid of Dak, he's the quarterback three in points per game, which is kind of insane. He's one spot ahead of Mahomes. But he's like that taking deep shots. He's scrambling. He's, he's all the fearlessness of Phillip Rivers, but he doesn't throw picks and he can move. Right. The other thing is he's doing it with a lot of scrubs. Like if you look yeah. at the list of guys that he's thrown touchdowns to this season, like yesterday it was Virgil Green, Donald Parham, Jalen Guyton. Like, had you even heard of these? I mean, I, I know that people have heard of Virgil Green from maybe a few years ago, but like, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't remember he was on the Chargers. Like, if totally those guys honest. were on the Patriots, we'd be like, oh, those guys can't do anything. Like, Cam Newton has no help, but they're on the Chargers and Justin Herbert is just balling out. How do you guys feel about Herbert? Who'd you rather have him over now going forward? Like, is he actually a top five quarterback for you guys moving forward? In fantasy? Yeah, I think so. A lot of people think he's the overall QB one in Dynasty in terms of well, maybe not. Maybe what I should, what I meant to say is uh, ahead of Burrow, which I think is saying a lot because obviously Burrow had a ton of hype coming into the season. People have really, really high hopes for him. Um, I think some people, and and it maybe is consensus now, like Herbert is higher than Burrow in the dynasty ranks. Like I think that's true. I I would rather have Herbert than Burrow. Yeah. So that's just. I mean, to me, that is like wow. That's crazy because you were able to get him. You know, late in the first, like late in, in super flex drafts, late in the first round in drafts, and then like in the second round in, in regular drafts this offseason. So, um, huge steal. Are any of the Chargers receivers relevant? Like, should you pick up Jalen Guyton? I think Guyton is one of those guys that could be like a, a bi week fill in flex guy. Keenan Allen obviously is a, a wide receiver one through the rest of the season. 
if he's on your waivers, pick him up. Uh, we don't have to dwell here, but I just want to note that the Patriots were blown out and are Bad. borderline irrelevant in fantasy at every position. They really are. This is the most irrelevant they've ever been in fantasy since I've been alive, I think. <laughs> since I could start to speak. Would you rather have to play all five skill players for the Patriots or the Jets? Oh, my God. The Jets, I think? Oh, okay. I want to throw a stat at you, actually. I saw this from uh, Mike Rice, I think, from ESPN. Um, on the season, the Patriots have one passing touchdown and eight picks to receivers yeah. this year. One touchdown to eight picks to receivers. So the thing for that, too, the count, the reason for that is the Patriots are last in separation on next-gen stats, which isn't surprising. But the other one I saw, I mean, Tom Brady had more passing touchdowns yesterday than the Patriots do all season. Yeah. <laughs> The Patriots have three passing touchdowns. They have the fewest passing touchdowns. They have the most interceptions as a team. And their running back rotation is just as maddening because you just really never know who it's going to be. I, I came into the week thinking like James White, you know, might continue to have, I think he, he was always getting a very solid receiving share, uh, target share in that offense. He basically did nothing. I don't like, honestly, you can't start any, you can't even start, uh, you can't even start Cam now. It, yeah, it's, it, it's really bad because Cam bounced the pass. To, you know, at that point, I was like, oh, maybe this is a problem. Whatever's going yeah. on there, it's not good. So there is not a single startable fantasy Patriot, right? No. Right. I think that's the point. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into who won the week. I mean, well, let's be real here. Herbert and Tyler Lockett won the week. But top scorers this week, Justin Herbert was the QB1. Kyler Murray was QB2. Tom Brady was QB3. Running back, Jeff Wilson Jr. for the Niners. Was Love the it. RB1. That sucked. He got hurt as he scored that third touchdown. That sucked. James Robinson was the RB2. Todd Gurley was RB3. Tyler Lockett with his historic day was wide, was the top wide receiver. I'm not going to say WR1. That just sounds, there's too many syllables. Devontae Adams was the top, was the second best receiver. And then Deontay Johnson for Pittsburgh was the third best receiver. And then this one was bizarre. Tight end. Cleveland's Harrison Bryant was the number one scoring tight end. Filled Rob in for Gronkowski us. was two. Austin and Hooper. Then, yep. TJ Hawkinson was tight end three. And then defense was Chiefs, Niners, Washington. So, all right, we're all just going to anoint Tyler Locke and Herbert as winners of the week. But other than those guys, DK, who won the week for you? I'm starting out with Deontay Johnson, who came back and I guess like took back up the mantle as the number one receiver in Pittsburgh. We talked, we'd spent the last couple of weeks talking about Chase Claypool and, and for good reason, like Claypool is awesome. But when you talk about fantasy, I think that, Johnson has a chance to be a little bit more consistent because he's getting those short and intermediate passes. And that's a huge, huge part of the Steelers offense right now with, with big Ben, um, especially in this game, like the Steelers just felt really comfortable, basically just attacking the short and intermediate area. And the Titans decided to basically match up Malcolm Butler with Claypool all game shattered him. And he was more just like a decoy in this game. He actually ended the game with one catch and negative two yards. So he was completely invisible. But I think the overall message here is that when healthy, and, and the obvious caveat here is De uh, Deontay Johnson did leave the game with what looked like an ankle injury or foot injury. It sounds like he's going to be okay. He came out after the game and said it was just like a contusion or something. He's going to be fine. But it's something to monitor. But going forward... He keeps getting banged up. Which is frustrating. There are a group of players out there who, and I think Raheem Mostert's in this conversation where yep, it's rare yep. they play a full game. That to me would be the big knock on Johnson is the questions about his health, but like the role when he's in there is pretty unquestionable. I mean, it, it's he's like Big Ben treats him as like his go to guy. 
in in that offense right now. As for the rest of the the receiver core, I'm still really bullish on Claypool, but you're gonna see some. You variance. knew this was coming. I mean, come yeah, on. I was gonna we say, all knew yeah, this was I, coming. I, I, this is you're gonna see a lot of variance with this kind of guy because he's this really dangerous deep threat, big play threat. But sometimes it's just not gonna be there, and they're not gonna force it to him when they got. Juju, when they've got Deontay, when even even Ebron was out there making plays this past week, you know, James Conner. They just have so many skill players that they can rely on. And we didn't even talk about James Washington, who was also completely invisible in this game, too, after having a big game last week. So, yeah, I think the bottom line is when Deontay is healthy, start him with confidence, which is something that I did not do in one of my leagues this week, and I was really pissed off about it. It's just a dumb decision, but... You're right. I think this game is much closer to reality for Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool than the last couple of weeks where Claypool has been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So he he was one of my winners of the week. And going forward, I think he, he does have that like wide receiver one upside per week just based on his usage. Yeah, but the Steelers offense is so it's such a rotating cast, such a rotating split of of passes that I don't think many people on the Steelers or anyone really has the like Tyler Lockett potential each week just because of how much Ben spreads the ball around. Yeah, well, here's the thing, though. They play the Ravens next week, which is going to be a sick game. But then they've got the Cowboys, Bengals, Jaguars. Yeah, but they spread it around so much. I I don't see Juju with an 180 yard. I don't know. Maybe not. Oh, well, yeah, okay. But, you know, hide behind the 200 yard three touchdown game. But I think that Deontay, I mean, Deontay got... A lot, I don't remember the number off the top of my head. It was like 15 targets. Right, yeah, but 15. I mean, Juju had nine catches this week. Juju had 14 targets. Yeah. I don't so know. he's back on the map. Ebron had six catches. The moral of the story is that there are four guys worth rostering. It's Juju, James Washington, Deontay, Claypool. And if I have to roll the dice with two of those guys, it will be, it will be Deontay and Juju in that order for the rest of the season if they're all healthy. Are you guys in the same boat? I think Ebron should be on a team... Or if I, yeah, I think if you I, can. I, I think you can throw Wash. I think you can drop Washington at this point, right? Yeah, I don't know. Depends I, on the size of your league. Right. Ten teams, yes. You know, he's a guy you play against a bad defense when you need a when you have a bye week. You can pick him up when someone gets hurt. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Craig. Who's your winner for the week, other than Tyler Lockett and Herbert and this Thurs? Quickly, I just want to flick at Todd Gurley, who gets kind of shit on every year. And he's the RB Not every year, this year and last year, and then he was lionized for the three before that. Right, but I, since like the the arthritic, arthritic knee thing came out, he's the RB8 this year. Just wanted to throw it out there. Todd Gurley. I don't <laughs> think he looks good when I watch him play, but he's he's the RB8. So my winner this week is anybody who runs the football for the 49ers. It's insane yes. how much they can scheme up a good running back and a good running game for literally anyone they hand the ball off to. It doesn't matter. I think every single running back on the 49ers should be on a fantasy team. I think five currently should be rostered on people's fantasy teams. So, first of all, their, their pro football focus is number one graded run offense. I'm going to go through the weeks and tell you how running backs finish for the Niners. In week one, Raheem Mostert was the RB6. In week two, Raheem Mostert was the RB15. In week three, Jeff Wilson was the RB9, and McKinnon was the RB14. Week four, McKinnon was the RB10. Week five, Mostert, 21. Week six, Mostert, 26, but he got hurt. And then last week... Week seven, Jeff Wilson, the RB one. It literally so doesn't matter. So you have RB one uh, performances in four out of seven weeks, and then like a, a few RB twos with three different running backs. But to yeah. be abundantly clear, if you watch this game, it's not like Jeff Wilson is Adrian Peterson. No, the Niners dominated the Patriots, and specifically Kyle Shanahan dominated Bill Belichick. 
And a couple of years ago, when we were all like swooning over Sean McVay and saying he's like boy genius wonder, like the next Bill Walsh, all of that was true. It's just as true about Kyle Shanahan. Like, I, I truly believe that like this Bill about this game, we might look back on and be like, oh, yeah, right. That was the game where Kyle Shanahan took the mantle of the league's best head coach from Bill Belichick. I mean, Andy Reid is up there, too. But Kyle Shanahan has like 20 years younger than Andy Reid. Like Kyle Shanahan is like on offense, capital B brilliant. Like yeah. he is just so good at his job. And with the zone scheme, we don't have to go into the nuance, but it's like basically there's two plays. There's inside zone and outside zone. And there's a thousand derivations have had to teach the technique. But you need like this organizational top down thing of you need light linemen. I mean, I think they have the like it's the lightest in terms of weight. Like they're all pretty relatively thin guys for offensive line, but they're all in such sync where it's like it really doesn't matter. It's if you can figure out who's going to get the touches for the 49ers, play them now and for like the next five years, like forever. This will just work. Like play the person who's playing for the 49ers. They have five running backs who are who can be on. I mean, that has never happened in the no, history the point of fantasy is, though, football. It's the system, and the person who plays is someone who's already been weeded out by Shanahan as someone who, like, not everyone could do this. I think we've talked about this, but I'm not convinced Saquon Barkley could necessarily be doing this. Not like because he can't, but because it requires a certain mentality change, which is why random guys always work. It's because like random guys who are on the fringes of the league are more willing to adapt. I think sometimes, but. I mean, it's also like a little bit Moneyball like where yes. they're finding they're finding guys that do one thing really well, like downhill, one cut and go. Yes, Mostert is like the best Foster. at it by far. But a lot of these guys, like Wilson, runs so hard. Man, he's like he runs like a freaking missile. People didn't yeah. want to tackle yeah. him, and I mean, he's not even that big. And so, anyways, yeah, I think it's like going back all the way through through the whole Shanahan, even with Mike Shanahan back in the day. Um, they were able to find these random dudes, but they just work really well in this zone scheme. But I mean, a apart from that, though, like Shanahan has modernized the attack. Yes. And they do all this stuff. Eye candy up front, orbit motion, screens that are attached to like RPO plays. So so like it just, oh my God, it, it's so cool. It's such a cool offense. It gets guys like Debo and Ayuk involved too. It's just awesome. It sounds so complicated, but all that Shanahan does is he just understands every defensive assignment and then figures out how to confuse that person. Yeah. That's it. But the, for specifically, though, Jeff Wilson got hurt in this game. So now we've got Raheem Mostert's on IR. He's going to miss a minimum of two more weeks. Mm -hmm. Tevin Coleman's on IR. He could come back theoretically whenever. Probably is not going to come back this week. Now you've got Jeff Wilson believed to be a high ankle sprain, which would be at least three weeks, you think. So he might go on IR. So now we have Hasty and McKinnon. Now it's just Michael Hasty and McKinnon. McKinnon got, I think, three carries in this game. Jeff Wilson got way more. So McKinnon seems to be on a, a snap count, like a touch. Yes. Like Shanahan a, said that. He said that we wanted we, we had given him too much work and we wanted to give him kind of a breather. So McKinnon, I'm not going to say cut him because the the offense is so good, but Michael Hasty is clearly the lead back right now. Yeah, if you picked him up last week, like, congrats. Because he's in a he's like in the lead dog role now. And Debo Samuel is hurt too, the receiver. But Debo is like a running back receiver hybrid that he's hurt. Mm -hmm. Brandon Ayuk is like a running back receiver hybrid. And I feel like the two best pickups of this week are Brandon Ayuk and Jamichael Hasty because yep. they're really going to be splitting the, the Niners running game for at least the next two or three weeks. And ding, ding, ding. They're playing Seattle this week. God. Bang. <laughs> Boom. There you go. So absolutely. I totally agree. It's Ayuk. I think it would be Hasty for me than Ayuk. Yeah. Because you probably need a running back more than you need a receiver. Yeah. But those are the two dudes. So, yeah, get them. 
This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and one. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Hi, Fitz. Who's your winner? National Tight Ends Day. Where the fuck did this come from? This went from some <laughs> stupid shit that George Kittle said on Instagram to like every channel like, oh, it's National Tight Ends Day. Every pregame show, everything being shoved down my throat. And it went from like one of those things where it's cute to then everyone says it. And then I wasn't in on it. So I'm like, this is dumb because you guys didn't invite me. So I don't even want to go. And like, so it's annoying because I had made up my mind to hate National Tight Ends Day. And then all these freaking tight ends scored on National Tight Ends Day. And I had to accept it because you had Harrison Bryant. Who the hell is that? I mean, I know who he is, but still freaking he's the number one tight end. Logan Thomas had a great play for Washington. Jay Sternberger got in for the Packers. Donald Parham and Virgil Green got in for the Chargers. Jared Cook had a crazy catch for the Saints on like the second the second touchdown of the day. Rob Gronkowski actually looked like 2017 Rob Gronkowski for a little bit or 2016. I can't remember. Whatever year he was healthy. Told you I'm still dying on this hill. Yeah. Gronk is back, baby. I'm still on the hill. That was like it's darkest before the dawn. You made it to the morning. It and then totally. David and Joker scored. <laughs> yeah, you made it. You're like Batman. Congratulations. Uh, don't think about that analogy too much, though. Although you are a dark knight. But this is crazy because it's one of those things where all the tight ends were good. How many of these guys, of these nine guys who scored touchdowns, how many were actually on teams? Two, Max. Gronk yeah. was good. Gronk, if you're, he was playing Gronk and Jared And then Cook, Jared Cook. Maybe? Yeah. I think also some people like in deeper leagues probably had Logan Thomas, but yeah. This is, it's not empty calories. I don't know what the term is, but it's, it's something when it's like wasted points. It's like, it's <laughs> yeah. burned off. It's just, it's these kind of touchdowns that are not given to anybody who's in a fantasy lineup. Unactionable. Yeah. Fantasy we points. need some kind of term for that. Because it's really frustrating. It's not helping you, your opponent. It's not helping anybody. It's just completely wasted. So anyway, I guess the random tight ends won. But we all lost, so I'm not actually happy about this. <laughs> yeah. Because the issue is, I, I don't. there's no actionable advice here other than play Harrison Bryant when Austin Hooper has issues. Yeah. So right. we'll, get in, we'll get into the waiver wire ads at tight end a little bit later on. But um, Speaking of random national days, though, did you know that today is National Mincemeat Day? There's too I, many I days. Not know Happy National Mincemeat Day. 
Why are we working on National Mincemeat Day? This is bullshit. Who does it? <laughs> who makes the days? Like, you know, there's a National Podcast Day. Like, what? Who does that? Tomorrow's like National lobby, Navy lobbying Day. Lobbying groups, Craig. Yeah, it's actually, and National Beer Day is tomorrow. There are so <laughs> many days. We need to cut down the days. Yeah, too many days. Oh my god! Anyway, cheese. Uh, we should, should we can we do National Ringer Fantasy Football Show Day? Well, today you know what today is. It's Burn Book Day. Burn Book oh, Day. Wow. There we go. Craig, will you run down the people in the Burn Book currently? Right. Currently residing in the book are Adam Gase, Daniel Jones, Jack Doyle, AJ Green, Scotty Miller, Mo Alleycox, Trey Burton, and T.Y. Hilton. And today, DK. You're the city of Indianapolis. AJ <laughs> Green and Scotty Miller both had damn good games this last week, too. <laughs> Just fucking ridiculous. It's do it's taking all of our, you know, like mental fortitude to not take these two guys out of the burn book, I think. Don't forget yes. Daniel Jones almost scoring that touchdown. <laughs> No, he's, he deserves he deserves to be in the book for that thing. Scotty Miller is like the sirens from the Odyssey singing to you, trying. <laughs> yeah, you have to close your eyes and ears. That's like the Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> you can't open your eyes and see Scotty Miller. Even if you read like Roto World or whatever's blurbs, PFF had something about Scotty Miller and it was like, it's a trap. Don't do anything about this. It's a trap. Oh my God. Speaking of traps, who are we adding to the group this week? Michael Gallup. I'm done with him. I'm done with Michael yes. Gallup. I loved him in the preseason. If you have him on your team, I'm sorry. I was wrong. He's a good player. He's he is a good, a good player. player. I feel like I was extremely right that the Cowboys number two would be very valuable in fantasy this year. And I was extremely wrong that Michael Gallup would be the number two. And for that, I, I just formally apologize. He's I'm not going to say he's dead to me, but the fantasy avatar, the picture that stares back to me on all of my teams of Michael Gallup, I now I'm very upset with. I'm I might cut him. Like, would you guys cut him? Am I just too emotional about this? I think I would release him because now this Cowboys team is so bad. Yeah. I mean, there's no hope. I mean, just to clarify here, the Cowboys starting quarterback, if Andy Dalton can't play, and that was a horrible play that happened to Andy Dalton. If he's out this week, they will go to Philadelphia and play <laughs> Ben DiNucci, who played at James Madison, FCS football. Ben DiNucci, a rookie seventh round quarterback. And if that is not bad enough for you, they might be having four of five backup offensive linemen. Three of five is best case scenario. Might be four or five, including an undrafted free agent rookie at right tackle. If a seventh round rookie quarterback being protected by four or five backup offensive linemen is not the blind leading the blind, I don't know what is. That is how <sighs> it renders CeeDee Lamb and Cooper useless. I don't understand why Danucci is the third string quarterback on a football team. Like, why isn't it just like the guy who was on you know, Auburn. Like, why is it James Madison's quarterback? Why aren't they bigger schools? Like the Clemson guy before, like where are people that were just like on a good SEC team or a good big 12 team? Why aren't they the third string? Why is it yeah. James Madison guy? I think it's honestly, in this scenario, it's just because they're trying to develop him for the long term. They didn't think they'd get down to their third string QB this quickly, but. I, I never understood that. They're like, oh, it's so-and-so from Norfolk State. And I'm like, where was the guy who, who went to Michigan State? Was he terrible? Well, maybe the guy, maybe the starter at Alabama isn't going to be super great at the role of being the third-string quarterback who will never, ever play, you know? Sometimes it's an interpersonal dynamic. You're Stop messing with small schools here, okay? <laughs> but, no, really, though, I think you can cut Michael Gallup. See, I still think CD has value, but obviously it's taken a dramatic hit since... Uh... Since Dak's been out, would you? How do you guys feel about Ezekiel Elliott? Man, like, is he a top rough. five running back? Is he top? I don't know what to do with the guy. No, he's not. Not anymore. But where? Where is he? Because this is. I think this is the craziest player evaluation in all fantasy right probably, now. Probably like, he's probably a, realistically an RB two. 
Yeah. He's still going to get tons of tons of volume, but he's like in that David Montgomery zone now where it's like, <laughs> oh my God, really, really low value. Who would you rather have going forward? Montgomery or Zeke? Yeah. Oh my God. Good Lord. Three days ago, we were like T Higgins or CeeDee Lamb. And we were like, hmm. And now it's Ezekiel Elliott or David Montgomery. Well, dude, their line is terrible. Like you said, Danny, it's, it's all backups at this point. Their offense is always going to get into negative game script stuff and it's like yeah, it's not like he's getting tons and tons of targets in the in the passing game so i don't know man it's he he's not a good he's not a good fantasy player right now zeke was a great fantasy running back when the cowboys were building leads and, and just running in the ball in the second half and then his evolution to the passing game was helping him this season when dak was throwing it but now it's not like the cowboys are going to pick up first downs like this offense just isn't going to be on the field very right. much they're not playing enough plays yeah yeah they're just i mean i no offense to ben Denucci. And Ben DiNucci can really bring this clip back on me if he becomes a Hall of Famer. I am not optimistic that Ben DiNucci is going to pick up any first downs for Dallas in the near future. And I don't know. I think Zeke's just going to spend a lot of time on the sideline. And if someone just thinks, oh, yeah, they'll have to run more because, you know, they, they can't throw anymore, then I would trade Zeke if you can get anything close to where you, you know, what quote unquote Zeke is valued at. And that's not even mentioning like the fumble issue that he's had lately. He's got so many fumbles and he had a, he had a, I mean, it wasn't really his fault. The interception bounced off his hands. It was a pass that was behind him. It's still like, yeah. you'd hope that he would get that. <laughs> you'd hope that he would catch that ball. Um, even if it was off target a little bit. So he's just, man, he's had a really rough couple of weeks. And at this point, really like the cow, it sucks because the Cowboys were such a perfect fantasy. It was like the Seahawks is a perfect fantasy storm. And now it's just they were know, wiped out really, in October. There's no you can't play it. any of these guys into your lineup and feel pretty good about it, to be honest. Yeah, what yeah, happened, it's, man? It's like the Avatar franchise. The first one came out, it set uh, every record. <laughs> and now it's like, God, where have we come? Is, well, there aren't they making like a second and a third? It's just yes, dude. The you know Avatar. I have a whole thing about Avatar. You know Avatar one came out in two thousand and like eight. All right, here, here's the yeah. thing. That is the highest grossing movie ever, or it yes. was. Can We're you waiting on the one? sequel. It's 2020. It's been 12 can you years. Name one, can you, but here's the thing. Highest grossing movie ever, whatever. Can you name one character from Avatar? Like the name of the character in the movie? Is, is it no, but... Made? I mean, I can name the actors. I mean, that's hard. Can you remember the name of the actors in the the name of the characters in The Departed? I can't. I mean, I know who's in it. I don't know the names of them. Okay, but I can name like 17 actors. I'm just saying. All right. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I understand what you're saying, but it's just where it, it's taken a real. Okay, honestly, I, I happy when you brought up Avatar. Don't really think it applies to the Cowboys because it's like if there were 10 sequels and all the ones in the future are going to be bad. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, I get it now. All right, waiver wire. Yep. DK is like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> Yeah, you guys lost me. You never seen Avatar, DK? Sorry. Thank no, you. I've seen Avatar. It's DK's that, the audience that. Avatar because we just <laughs> lost half the people who are listening <laughs> yeah, during that seriously. conversation. Anyway, let's get to oh, waiver wire. What the hell should people do this week? Actually, I'm lying. Let's go back to the Cowboys for a second. I just wanted to note their Cowboys defense has negative nine fantasy points through seven games. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the fewest it's not great. any defense in fantasy football has since at least 1940. Jesus. Shout out Tristan Cockcroft that he has been for that one. Okay, now let's go to the waiver wire. Decent amount of injuries this week. Odell Beckham tore his ACL. He's out for the season. Deontay Johnson for Pittsburgh. He hurt his ankle. We don't know the severity of that. It's Monday afternoon. We monitor that. It said he wouldn't be a big deal, but we'll see. Philip Lindsay for Denver has a concussion. Uh, Jeff Wilson for the Niners. He uh, reportedly has a high ankle sprain, uh, but he's getting tests, so make sure to monitor what the actual report is there. Debo Samuel is a hamstring injury. He's probably out for at least a couple weeks. 
Rashad Perriman for the Jets is in concussion protocol. Andy Dalton for the Cowboys is in concussion protocol. Kenyon Drake for the Cardinals suffered an ankle injury that looked very painful on Sunday Night Football. There is not official word on what that diagnosis is there. And then Chris Carson for the Seahawks had a foot injury. There's not a lot of clarity on these. Usually the guys get MRIs at like nine in the morning and you kind of just, the word trickles out. We don't have a lot of definitive words here. Uh, so check on all of those. Bob Condota of the Seattle Times noted that he thinks that the Chris Carson, it's on his understanding it's not a serious injury. So he might miss this week potentially, but it doesn't sound like it's like one of those multiple week things. So that's good news for the Seahawks. All right. But with all that said, let's just go through pickups for this week. Running back is obviously most important. We'll start there. I think the number one for this week, and this is kind of cheating because he's kind of over-owned for this segment, but it's it's Chase Edmonds, who is on 60%, 65% of rosters on Yahoo, 55% on ESPN. It needs to be 100%. This is going to be a top 10 running back. I can't remember the last time there was a guy who was like a handcuff running back that we were like, this will he will be better than the starter was. The only thing that sucks about this is that the Cardinals have a bye, so Drake could get healthy. We'll see. It didn't see, it didn't look honestly he when he got car, he got carted off right yeah and he was sobbing into a towel yeah I'm not, that I'm, not, that, I'm not a doctor doesn't seem good but yeah I mean it's definitely possible I would say even though even if Drake does come back though like at this point it's cemented Edmonds as a committee back someone yeah. worth rostering at the very least Edmonds even has if also comes just back. gotten better. Even when they're healthy, Edmonds has been a better fantasy play half the time. He's, he's mean, been more effective, yeah. I think that every week Chase Edmonds is the starter. He will be a top 10 running back play. And if you can get him for someone who doesn't see that potential in him, I would trade for him and bet uh, bet on his talent winning out. And if you can bid on him, if he's available, I would, get, I would do whatever it takes to get Chase Edmonds. That's my number one. Yeah. We discussed Jermichael Hasty as the top running back. I think he's number two to me, although they're very close. DK, who's who's after who's after Hasty and after Chase Edmonds? I think there's a pretty big teardrop after these two guys, and then we can start talking about some guys that are going to be in committee backs. Let's start with Lamichael P. Ryan of the Jets, who honestly he looked pretty good at, at moments. Like he has a little bit of burst to him, and they're using him a little bit more. However, you're just you're getting a guy who's stuck on the offense with uh, the Jets' offense, and so the ceiling to me is very low. Even if, and Concrete by the way, we, we, ceiling. we need to talk about the fact that Adam Gase is no longer calling plays. Adam, the cooler Gase, as I'm going to start calling him. Have you guys ever seen the movie The Cooler? No. no. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. It's it's a, a it's a movie about a guy, and apparently this is a real thing. I don't. I'm not like a, a big time Vegas person, but like casinos actually have these guys called coolers who are basically just like like bad luck people that go in and when someone energy on a roll, vampires. It's actually exactly like an energy vampire. So um, there's a there's a movie called The Cooler with uh, I'm gonna get the name wrong. William H Gacy. You mean William H Macy? <laughs> I think you yeah, just confused William it. H Macy with the. You talking about Bill Macy, serial Gacy. killer? Yeah, yeah. I knew I was gonna <laughs> oh get that wrong. What is it? John William Wayne H. Macy and William H Macy. Yes, John Wayne Gacy is a famous <laughs> serial killer. Damn and William God. H Macy. Damn it! Damn it! You know, I, I knew I was going to get that wrong. I knew it was playing out wrong in my head. Um, it's okay. Anyway, the point is, Adam Gase reminds you of William H. Gacy. That's where we're at right now. That's, <laughs> no, that's where it came from. I think what you're trying to say is Adam Gase is an William energy H. vampire, Gacy. but he's not calling he's plays. He's single-handedly killing your fantasy team. <laughs> Serial fantasy killer. 
Oh, oh my god. Adam the cooler gay no longer calling plays in New York. So that's good. <laughs> uh the bad news is the offense is just they do have talent, but it's just like a terrible situation. Sam Darnold has just not been playing well. Darnold came back and actually it was worse for fantasy purposes than freaking Joe Flacco, which was just a great situation for people with uh, anybody you know on the Jets on their team. The other guy to keep in mind I think that that is pretty interesting is Zach Moss of the Bills who basically was a 50-50 split this week with uh, Singletary in terms of their usage in both the ground game and the passing game. So um, he's a guy to definitely add and kind of see how that all shakes out. They're obviously high on him. I think they took him in the third round. So, and, he, and he's a good player. Like he's a different style than Singletary. He's like, he's a banger, you know, big physical guy that, that breaks a lot of tackles where Singletary is more of like a shifty guy. So th- I think they're probably going to plan on just using these two guys interchangeably. In terms of, you know, they're not going to like have one guy be the the lead guy and, and vice versa, but I think he's worth looking out for. So to rank our running back ads of the week, you know, we're going to toss in like Jamal Williams, you know, he played in place of Aaron Jones. It seems I mean, like he had Aaron, a huge day. He was yeah, top he five. Great. But the thing is, Aaron Jones is probably fine, right? Because they held him out precautionary with a groin, but groin's kind of. No, it was a calf. That Aaron Jones. Oh, calf. Sorry. Do you think that Aaron Jones might be on a pitch count and like maybe if Jamal Williams is getting more work, you'd want him in at least temporarily or no? Jamal Williams already gets work. You know, I mean, maybe he'll get a little bit more in the, in the coming week. But like, I think that Aaron Jones could have played. It sounded like he wanted to play and the team held him out because they just wanted to be precautious. I think if you have Aaron Jones on your team, you 100% want Jamal Williams because yeah. you'll miss, you'll get 80% of the value if Aaron Jones is the out. The thing is, is I think Jamal Williams injury, should get, be on someone's team without Aaron Jones being hurt anyway. Yes, but he really wasn't until today. Well, not today, this weekend. But right. He's so probably anyway, not on your league. Our running back ranked waiver ads of the week are Chase Edmonds first, obviously, and then next is Jermichael Hasty, Carlos Hyde, and then Zach Moss is at four, and then and then old P Ryan on the Jets would be dead last. But in reality, yeah. Edmonds is not available. Do whatever it takes to get Jermichael Hasty, mm-hmm. because if if you need if you need a running back for the next few weeks, I would just just figure it out. Yeah, we and actually, Craig, real quick, you threw in Carlos Hyde. That was another guy we didn't. Break oh yeah, down wow. Yet. With? But obviously, if Chris Carson is out. Hyde is the Seahawks starter. It's it's an injury dependent thing, but if 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 Carson is forced to miss this week, Hyde is a good you know backup option. Okay, yeah, and I, I he he's definitely a good streamer. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes you know we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side-by-side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. All right, receivers. uh, Craziness. Antonio Brown signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the weekend. He is back. I mean, in one way, it's like, He's not even a pickup. He's up to 80% on Yahoo because of the timing of how the signing happened. So it's probably not available anymore. But he's on a one-year deal worth up to $2.5 million. It's heavily incentive-laden. So, And apparently he just wanted to play with Tom Brady. I mean, we don't have to go into all the details of them signing him and stuff. But basically, fantasy-wise, like this Bucks team is already so filled with... I mean, Mike Evans, who is we've decided is basically just a fullback. They throw to at the goal line. I mean, he went a long time with one catch with or only one catch in that uh, Bucks game yesterday. They got Chris Godwin, who's looked pretty good. Justin Watson, who just steals Scotty Miller's thunder. Scotty Miller, who's just on and off and on and off. 
if Antonio Brown plays, which is the, the biggest if I, I can muster, whose playing time is he taking away? Is it Scotty Miller? Like, what's going on here, DK? I would, I would assume, yeah, Scotty Miller. I would assume it would be Evans, Godwin, and and Antonio Brown. I mean, that that's the assumption, but like we don't really know because it, you know, maybe they'll bring him in slowly and get him up to speed over the course of like three or four games because he's been out of football for so long. You know, it's one of those situations that you really just kind of have to see how it goes. I wouldn't be starting him the first week he suits up necessarily. But if you go back to last year when he when he played for the Patriots, he got traded to the Patriots and came in and immediately was Brady's top target in that game, I believe. He had like eight targets or something. And so and a touchdown. So I'm not I'm not going to say that he's not going to be a fantasy factor because, you know, I think there's a chance he is going to be a fantasy factor. What it does, what I what I'm certain is what I'm certain about is that I think it's going to make everybody else on this team less of a fantasy factor. Like it's not going to be good for Godwin. It's not going to be good for Edwin's uh, Evans for sure. Scotty Miller probably going to take a backseat in the fantasy world. And then, you know, there's just one more mouth to feed in that offense. And it's it's just going to be a fantasy, you know, disaster at some point. So. I don't know. It's it's not great for fantasy, in my opinion, but um, not great for a lot of reasons. Right. Sure. We have to figure we'll have to figure out, you know, the, the rotation and all that. Well, so for season long ads here, we'll get into the rest of these wide receivers. Is Antonio Brown number one for season long stash ads? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, he he undoubtedly has the most upside. If you yes. if you're talking about fantasy points, like he has I mean, for the eight seasons he was playing, he basically had the most receiving yards in any eight season stretch in the history of the National Football League. There is no reasonable case that he's not the most upside person. Like he literally is a, you could argue a, like a Mount Rushmore wide receiver who's not that old. I'm not gonna lie, like I kind of don't want him on my team because of the stuff he's done. That's a completely arbitrary thing that I can't really defend compared to like other players. He just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. That's like personal preference. I'm not putting that on anyone else. But there's not really a question that if he's available, he has higher upside than. Every, I mean, you could cut everyone on every team. And he'd still be up there in terms of, I mean, we'll see how he adapts, but the work ethic he has with practicing is not in doubt. So right, he's probably going to have a good game eventually. Brown is one of those ones that it's, it, he's probably not going to be available in a lot of leagues. People are already kind of tracking his situation and added him after rumors started two weeks ago. But realistically, you could trade for him. You, If you believe, though, you could trade for him because I think that a lot of people who picked him up would probably be very happy to trade him away at like some kind of... Right. You know, right. He's not eligible so, to play until week nine. He's going to start practicing this week. If you have him on your team or whatever, and you need you, you need to start winning right now, and he's not going to... And look, it's not like he's going to start helping you in week nine, probably not week 10, but he could, you know, from there on, November, December, maybe he could be good. So, but... In, in the meantime, there's a couple other streamers, I think, that are really interesting this this week, actually. Brandon Ayuk, who is rostered in 49% of leagues on Yahoo right now, is by far, we're not, maybe not by far, but like pretty solidly the number one guy in my mind. Like, especially with Debo Samuel getting hurt. Sounds like Debo is going to be out maybe a couple of weeks with this injury. It's a hamstring injury. It didn't look good when he did it. He like pulled up immediately, started grabbing his leg. It looked like a, a somewhat significant injury that could keep him out. Ayuk is going to be kind of like a go-to guy in that offense. They already do so much scheming up to get these guys the ball in space. I think that's just going to increase for Ayuk. So that's, he's definitely an ad in my book. Um, the other guy to keep in mind is Sterling Shepard of the Giants who came back from a, I believe it was a Lisfranc or a, toe, a turf toe injury from earlier in the season. He'd missed like four or five games and he came back, six catches, 59 yards and a touchdown for the Giants against the Eagles on Thursday night football. Looked pretty good. Looked like one of Daniel Jones's favorite targets. And 
if the Giants' offense starts to get a little bit better as the season goes on, and their schedule definitely lightens up as the season goes on. He could be a pretty sneaky, like a wide receiver three type guy that you plug into your lineup. He's not going to have a huge ceiling, but he'll have a floor. Yeah, he's kind of like the juju of the Giants. Yeah. I, for, so those, those are my first top of all. Two if you sure. had said to me two months ago that you would be saying in mid, like late October that Sterling Shepard's the juju of the Giants, I would have been thrilled. I just want to point Life that out. Life comes at you but fast. Dan. To your point, though, I think that what you said about the schedule is really important for the entire Giants team. Is we knew coming into the season the Giants would have a bad first half, especially a bad yes. first quarter, because they started Steelers, Bears, Niners, Rams, really bad. And then they're playing the Bucks, and then after that, it's like Washington, Eagles, Bengals, Seahawks, like a lot of defenses you're trying to line up. So I agree. Sterling could be a really good one. It's just every week he's on the field and he's healthy, it seems to be pretty good. But keeping rolling here, the other one, staying in New York, Denzel Mims was activated for the yeah. Jets. My fucking so, boy. So on one team, he, on one hand, he led the team with four catches for 42 yards. On the other hand, he led the team with four catches and 42 yards. <laughs> yeah, so like, should you, you know. pick up Denzel Mims? If Listen, that is oh what qualifies for leading the team? If you want to take 2020 as an example, every receiver that got drafted in 2020 has been great. So maybe you grab Mims because he looked good. He's big, fast. Every you know, he looked good. His four catches, like he looked like the most competent, impressive wide receiver on the freaking Jets. Uh, Perriman's got a concussion. Darnold's back. I don't know. There's something really bad with that logic. He was the best player at the Senior Bowl. Mims was. I like Mims. I mean, I'm we're talking about the Senior Bowl team could beat the, the Jets. <laughs> You're laughing because you're thinking about it. I like hesitated for a second. No, they couldn't. I don't think. <laughs> no, but I made but, you think about maybe. it, which is all I but wanted maybe. to do. You actually had to uh, think. God. I don't think you should add Denzel Mims. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just, this is residual what? bias of my hatred of rookie receivers. I'm with, I'm with you, Craig. I'm yeah. with you, Craig. Definitely add Mims. I would way rather have the upside of a guy like Mims who was absolutely freaking dominant at the Senior Bowl, lit up the combine, Look at all the freaking wide receivers, the rookie wide receiver, wide receivers that we're doing that are doing so well this year. Literally all of them. Yeah, Look, it is I mean, possible on, that I have chance. stacking subconscious biases against rookies and Jets and Adam Gase all working toward. I me. mean, it's it's yeah, certainly it's, an ugly cocktail of you know. <laughs> it's like chili. It's like it tastes good, but don't look at it for too long. It's the anyway, sausage. Who else? Craig, you must have other guys for us, beloveds. Yeah. The other guys that just played well that you could add. Cole Beasley is just once again just. Just flying under the radar, doing it again. The most, the most underappreciated fantasy player. He's in. only forty percent. Can we sample his music, or will he sue us? No, he's called Beasley. He's too busy. He's got. He's only forty percent rostered in Yahoo. He had a huge game this week. Listen, he's never had below seven point eight points in a game this year. I know that's not crazy, but it's not bad. Like he Odell Beckham digit, has, like, dude, he had double digits in four of his last five games. Like, is this because John Brown's out? Worse. Like, is he, is he going to do anything when John Brown returns? Well, he has John Brown hasn't missed the whole. I think John Brown's only missed one or two games, and Beasley's been like really consistent. Plus, the, it's not like they're playing the same role. Like Beasley is is the guy over the middle of the field, third downs. You know the he's a startable the flex. Very cliche, shifty slot white white. This the very shifty slot white white receiver. Jesus Christ, I can't white say that. wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> very shifty poster. white slot receiver. How about that? Right. Let's move on. Rashard Higgins for the Browns because Adele's hurt. Uh, he had six catches on six targets, 110 yards. He's had a touchdown in weeks five and six. Question for you guys. Did he have a good game because Baker shredded the Bengals? Or, and just that won't happen again? Or is, like, is this repeatable? Or is this a one flare-up from Baker and then he will go back to sucking and Higgins will go to irrelevancy? I actually think Higgins is pretty good, but I don't know what I think about the Browns. Yeah. Offense. Would you pick up Higgins? 
I mean, I'm not quite ready to be really confident in the Browns' offense and, and Baker in general, but... As we just talked about Denzel Mims on the Jets. it. But, I said but. I'd rather have Higgins than Mims. <laughs> I'd rather have Higgins than Mims. No, the Brown the Brown schedule, I'm going to pull it up here. The Brown schedule is pretty easy throughout the next couple of weeks. And the fact that, by the way, this is a tangent, but um, the, the Browns are like for sure going to make the playoffs. <laughs> they have the easy... They're 5-2 and two right now. They have the Raiders, Texans, Eagles... Jags, and then that's their next four games. And then they also, then from there, they have the Titans who have bad. So for fantasy persons, the Titans have a bad defense. Check out the Ringer NFL game. show. Warren Sharp has been beating the Browns playoffs drums since, I mean, I don't know, June. Honestly, yeah. though, looking at this, like Vegas, I could see them losing. Houston, I could see them losing. Philly, you never know. Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. <laughs> you lack faith. You lack faith, Greg. Baker I, sucks. Actually, <laughs> Dude, he was like, you're, no, no, we're not doing this. He's a Steelers fan. We're not doing this, DK. He's we're not asking the Steelers fan if Baker the Browns started are the 0 for five. Baker started at 0 for 5 in that game, I think, and then completed like 22 straight. He's playing the Bengals. Ridiculous. This is one of those games <laughs> where like, I'm not going to play this game. Like, I'm not going to entertain what Craig thinks about the Cleveland Browns being good. I just won't. That's fine. Won't I'm just it. saying hey, Baker's not good. Speaking of speaking of the Vegas, Nelson Aguilar is the thing, you guys, in fantasy football. Sure. He's the, not, he's the no, Raiders' he's number one receiver. Like, they're de facto number one. He has had I refuse. a touchdown in, in three straight weeks. Three straight games, I should say. He had one in week four, week five, and week seven. He had five catches, 107 yards, and a touchdown last week. The way that they're using Henry Ruggs is more like kind of actually what we thought in terms of the deep threat thing. They're not using him a ton on like high the volume The Will Fuller, stuff, Deshaun like, Jackson, he's really fast and you'll get other people open thing. It's different. It's different, honestly, than how Alabama used him. So that's a bit of a surprise, but... What, where he scores touchdown on a quarter of his catches? That <laughs> yeah, was a good helps, plan. Yeah. Aguilar leads the league in catches that fantasy owners wish was made by another player on that team. Every time <laughs> Aguilar catches the pass, I'm like, hell yeah, rugs! And then it was Aguilar. I'm like, <laughs> Speaking of which, the week after we made fun of Michael Hardman and Byron Pringle, they both freaking scored touchdowns for the Chiefs. I know. So, uh, okay, so... Did Hardman this score is a just, but, but this is like a who's who of like who and meh and like really like... Are you actually going to plug any of these guys in your lineup? Algalor, Rashard Higgins, Denzel Mims? Yes. Like, do you, is there upside here? I'm going to plug in Ayuk uh, and Shepard. Ayuk is Ayuk is number one in this. I mean, let's rank these. The other, the only other person I want to shout out is Rand, I mean, we mentioned Ayuk earlier. Randall Cobb on Houston had eight catches for 95 yards. I think the thing about Cobb is if Will Fuller or Brandon Cooks get hurt, and not that we're wishing for that, but neither have stayed healthy. I think Randall Cobb would rock it up, and he has standalone value right now. Yeah, and then there's Marcus Callaway for the Saints, who's been decent so far. But of everyone we've mentioned, DK, how would you rank these receiver ads? I would do Ayuk, Shepard, Mims, Beasley in the same Aguilar. tier. No, I'm I'm do, I'm doing one, two, three, four, five, six. You know, counting. I've never <laughs> heard of it. There's never Ayuk one, Shepard two, Mims three, Beasley four, Aguilar five, and then Higgins six, and then from there you can you can do the. The Randall Cobb or, uh, like I said, Marcus Callaway, who probably is going to lose a lot of his playing time once Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders come back. But for the time being, was a pretty big factor in this last game for the Saints. But yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, I think Ayuk and Shepard are streamable. Mims is a great stash to see if it all pans out. And he turns into like the next T. Higgins or whatever mm -hmm. and like starts to explode in a few games here. Because I think Chris Herndon, he, did he retire? Uh, pretty much. I mean, as effectively. He retired yeah. you. I figured out why I hate Denzel Mims. 
it's because that rapper Mims who made that song, This Is Why I'm Hot, made me yeah. very frustrated <laughs> with the logic because it was circular. It was like, this is why I'm hot. I'm hot because I'm fly. And I remember really hating that song. You cannot say his name and think not think of that song. Mims. Dika, can you name that song? You must remember that. I know the song. I don't know the name of it. This is what I'm saying. People don't know the names of... I don't know well, the names of songs. It's, the point is that I hated that song. I know song. the like the chorus. Mims <laughs> has the best name of the wide receiver rookie class, so that's something. I don't like he tattooed his lyrics inside my skull. Anyway, okay. So Ayuk Shepard, Mims Beasley, Aguilar Higgins. Tight ends? I mean, this is even crazier than the the receivers. I mean, Richard Rodgers for the Eagles? Yeah. Dick I mean, Rod. Yeah. He, he had Dick six Rod. catches for... Is that what people call him? <laughs> I saw that on Twitter. It's pretty good. <laughs> Dick Rod. That's, oh, my God. Wow. Uh, speaking of oh, my God, Richard Rodgers had a higher... He had 85 yards this season, which is more than any game Zach Ertz has had all year. Richard Rodgers, who was almost out of football yeah. last year. So, you know, that happens. Adam Leviton from Establish the Run, every time he brings up Richard Rodgers, he talks about how he played... He was playing pickup basketball with this guy, like, at a gym last year and now he's running he's like the tight end one for the Eagles <laughs> Leviton played pickup with Richard Rodgers <laughs> yes I mean that that just tells you how injured the Eagles are right now and like how desperate they're getting it's just I mean uh, Richard Rodgers was like a, a number two tight end for like a number of different teams he was on well, the he caught he caught Aaron Rodgers as Hail Mary yeah <laughs> but I mean he was never a big fantasy prospect now he is and then quarterbacks there's actually good streams this week Deacon you want to run through the streams there's really good streams this week yeah, so keeping in mind that Arizona, Washington, Jacksonville, and Houston, a.k.a. Kyler, Deshaun, and Minshew are on buys this week. I think a lot of people are going to have to stream at the quarterback position. Jimmy Garoppolo against the Seahawks. The reason I'm saying Garoppolo is not because I think Garoppolo is a great player, but because I think the Seahawks defense is atrocious. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater against the, the Falcons this week. Another situation where you're going to play the... I mean, he's played actually pretty well. I like Bridgewater. But he's going up against a bad Falcons defense. Kirk Cousins of the Vikings going up against Green Bay. Do you guys think that has a ga- that that game has a chance of being like a a shootout type thing where he's got a lot of garbage time points? Yeah, I could see them being down seventeen in the fourth, and Kirk throws two extra touchdowns. Yes, that's what I'm banking on. Derek Carr going up against Cleveland. All these guys are rostered in forty four percent or less, so you should be able to get one of those one of those players and, and plug them into your lineup. I think I would rank it Bridgewater, Cousins, Jimmy G, Carr. But I, you could talk me out of that. What do you guys think? I agree with you. And then also defenses. I can't remember ever mentioning this before, but like looking at the streaming options for defense this week, I almost think that the odds that the defense you have on your team is probably better than the ones on waivers. Like the matchup, the the, tra- the traditional idea of like just trying to find a defense that's playing a crappy team. All the crappy teams are taken. They're just is it like like there's just a disproportionate amount of the available defenses are playing against teams you don't want to be going against. Yeah, and so. I'm issuing a hold. Hold under your defense for one week. Just play who you got. It doesn't matter. They're going to get you six points. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Is that ever- Oh, and then drops. Drop Michael Gallup. Can you yeah. drop Sammy Watkins? Always. No, I hold Sammy. Sammy Wat- I will always tell you to drop Sammy Watkins. What a doubt. Even if you ask me, what is the most decoy Chiefs receiver? I'll just say drop Sammy Watkins. <laughs> and then the cra- co- most controversial one, which is officially like, I'm not recommending it, but I won't judge you for it, is T.Y. Hilton. They're on a buy, so like I'm not going to tell you to do it because if they come out of the buy and T.Y. Hilton looks great, you'll feel dumb. You can't do it yet. But if he comes out of the buy and looks horrible, you could probably drop T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. Is this? Am I saying anything crazy, DK? It feels nuts to say, no. but I mean he's no. been awful. 
What would he have to do to get back in your lineup? I mean, a he's lot. one of those guys that I, I don't know if he's startable, so why not? Go for it. It's just the it's just the name. You just can't it's hard to drop somebody like that who's been so good for so long. If you want to wait till after the buy, I totally understand. But I'm also not judging anyone who drops him. Yeah. Off topic, one last final note. Per Field Yates, Christian McCaffrey has returned to practice for the Panthers Ooh. today. So keep that in mind. I mean, obviously he's probably not on the waiver wire. <laughs> unless someone <laughs> unless someone dumb just for all those leagues where Christian year. McCaffrey's yeah. available. Yeah. Our number one ad of the week is Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> no okay but anyways it's something to, something to monitor going forward i don't think he's going to play uh, probably this week but next week i also have a very important announcement we ran a poll on friday where we said what is more embarrassing me having never seen wedding crashers uh what was it dk can't name a drake song dk's never seen the incredibles and that craig gets his nfl stats from tiktok and very important the poll is finished the people have craig, spoken the people spoken and craig has the most embarrassing thing. People have shamed you. <laughs> Let me sprinkle in a little context to this. We couldn't find an embarrassing thing for me that I've said on the pod yet. And I got that one stat about what's his Nathan Peterson, Peterman from TikTok. <laughs> and now I get all my, I guess I get all my NFL stats from TikTok. And that's how that. Well, I'm sorry. You're so happened. riddled with toxic masculinity. You can't be vulnerable on the podcast. Craig. Oh, I can be vulnerable. Don't well, be boy. vulnerable. Reveal one embarrassing thing. Deke and I are comfortable in our own skin. We don't mind admitting things. Admit What's the most right embarrassing now. movie that you haven't seen? Oh, I've never seen Citizen Kane. I haven't either. Oh, that's like a nit. No. Oh, well, you know what? Actually, the thing we've never talked about is that you were in the Nationwide commercial with John Gruden. Yeah. Is that embarrassing? <laughs> or is that <laughs> fucking want to elaborate sweet? on that? No. Sure. I don't care. I, I, it's not embarrassing. We're at like minute like 63 of the pod. No one's here. Um... <laughs> after college I moved to New York yeah. my friend wanted to be an actor and I lived with him and he auditioned for this commercial and told me to do it with him and then I ended up getting it and I was in some crappy crude and grinder commercial that would air <laughs> after and before Monday Night Football in like 2016 or 17 what is it that you said <laughs> da, 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 yeah, what was da, da, your line you, well I had several lines Danny and you wow. had to speak in the nationwide jingle you right. know you like you know, do it anything. right now. I don't remember the line. It was like something like my team is better than yours. Or yeah, something. something stupid like that. It's not a good. It's a really <laughs> poorly made commercial. But all right, we will tweet this out at Danny. Greg B. Kelly. is just ruining oh, no, his chances for ever being a nationwide commercial ever again. I'll, you know what? I'm good with that. All right. <laughs> just freaking burning bridges right now. It's totally fine. Yeah, check it. We're gonna be tweeting that out. Danny is Danny at Danny B. Kelly. I am at Danny underscore hyphens. We will be we will be tweeting that out. All right. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you to Nationwide for casting Craig. And thank you to whatever random YouTube account has uploaded that commercial in advance. Thank you. We will see you guys on Wednesday. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. 
You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.